Hello, hello, hello. 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 Just waiting for one more customer. Oh. Oh, that sounds good. You see what I did? You see what I just did there? Wait, waiting for one more customer. You see that? That's true. That's that, that, that's it right there. See, it comes natural, man. <laughs> How you been, though? I've been good, bro, man. Yeah. Hello? Long day. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Testing, testing. <laughs> okay, so no one's having no technical difficulties. Okay, so everybody, yeah. welcome back to another podcast. This is a, I would call it a slash four gamers versus the world. My, minus missing one podcast because uh, we went to do one a couple of months ago but um it didn't happen so unlucky retro how you doing i'm doing good bro yeah yeah like i said um enjoying my holidays um just being lazy and uh doing nothing in this lovely warm weather exactly and sofa soldier how are you doing I'm good, thanks. Trying to do nothing in this lovely warm weather, but um, unfortunately, just had a lot of stuff to do over the past, you know, month, two months. But uh, yeah, today, just chilling, uh, getting ready to move in uh, probably a month and a bit. So, Are you moving uh, again? Yeah. Are you moving again? Well, yeah, yeah. Um, basically, the, the landlord's got to renovate the house here because the, the council of basically stated that um, he needs to change the building grade from a HMO, house of multiple occupancy, to like a family home. So he's got to convert a couple of the rooms, uh, redecorate, do a new kitchen diner, a new bathroom. So we can't stay here. But of course, because of Corona and everything, he can't, he's just said to us, just leave when you want. The council can't force you out on the street and you're paying the rent, so stay as long as you need. So I'm not being shoved out the door. Uh, but I, I think I'm going to move before the end of the year, uh, and hopefully I'll move somewhere with better internet. Because uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, BT, you know BT decided to stop. Yeah, it's funny you say that because every time I look at your Twitter, you've always got like you always say something about the internet, and I feel so sorry for you. Sometimes. Oh God, yeah, like I, I think the people at, uh, at Free Broadbands now have got me permanently blocked on Twitter. Like, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not usually like abusive or anything. I kind of I understand people, but I'm just like I've, I've troubleshooted so many things, and they've just ran out of excuses now. And I know that I'm like basically being trolled on my bandwidth. So I'm just like, you know, I've had enough of you fuckers. Like, <laughs> the sooner I can go, the better. <laughs> but I'm I, I'm all right, you know. Trying not to die from the heat, you know. Breaking yeah. out the breaking well, out the and lemonade. Yeah, I know what you mean. Well, today I have done nothing. Luckily, luckily, not saying luckily, luckily I got like big black drop curtains now. So I left the curtains closed all day. No heat was getting in. The fans were blazing. I've had a good day actually. I can't even lie to you. I can't even. No, same. Yeah. No, I got one fan in my house, and that's obviously all my children. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting here sweating. Exactly. (laughs) So today, guys, um, we're going to go through, just going to give you a couple of topics. Um, I don't know if any of you mm-hmm. saw State of Play, the PlayStation State of Play. Uh, yeah, I saw the highlights. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah highlights. Same. Okay, then. So we're mainly going to talk about State of Play, the Capcom, and basically like what's going on with fighting games just in general, okay? Um, cool. Just a big shout out to everyone that has been listening to the podcast over the last couple of months, especially because it's been COVID. People have had more time to listen, and I'm close just close to so close to to, to a thousand listeners that's all i need to get that little wow that's crazy congratulations man really good growth 
it's only because of the COVID. I, I, they're so bored that they had to resort to Teddy Hoggle. No, no, I'm not taking away from your achievement. You're the man. That's a that's a really good goal, man. Like, congrats. Yeah, so I'm hopefully I'm, I'm think I'm like 75 people away from thousand listeners. So hopefully, all oh, please, you know what I'm saying. Um, so people, so we're gonna start off just by saying thank you for joining me in the podcast, and we're gonna kick off straight away. So State of Play um, had yeah. a lot of. What do you guys think about this new this new Crash Bandicoot that is coming out? What do you guys think of that? I was impressed. Oh, sorry. Uh, go ahead. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, to be honest, I'm. It's for me, Crash is. I mean, Crash is good. I mean, at the end of the day, Crash is kind of like the the mascot of PlayStation. You know, hmm. he, he's moved from console to console, but originally he was kind of the mascot for PlayStation at first. And it's nice to see him back. Yeah. You know, in a brand new game. You know, and it looks like they're actually taking the time to make a decent kind of game where you can play multiple times with different ways of solving the same level yeah yeah it's definitely looks quite um unique and innovative in that you know what i'm trying to say yeah yeah Uh, in in it innovative to um, innovative yeah (laughs) that's the one bloody hell um i blame the weather but um, it's yeah uh, and yeah i am looking forward to it but whether or not i would play it i don't know because it's obviously not my kind of game now you know, not enough waifus. Yeah, not enough waifus for me. <laughs> there was a couple of more videos in there that you know some waifus were lurking. I was thinking, yeah, that's why. Right, they were they were higher up the unlucky retro tier list. Oh yeah, but, big time. Big time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I was uh, along the lines of what James was saying. I was actually really impressed because I mean, like obviously, like the the remaster that they did of the uh, Crash Bandicoot one. trilogy, yeah, like good. was uh, that was a really well done job of like showing that Ooh. they could do classic Crash at high graphical fidelity, top to bottom, completely reworked, like like Blue Point games have been doing, you know, with. Um, Shadow of the Colossus remake and stuff like that, where it's a completely new game built on the same core foundations. And I think that that kind of like brought a new bunch of uh, younger players and stuff who started gaming with PS4 and this gen onto like the classic platformers, specifically Crash. And they're like, oh, wow, these are actually really good games, you know. And it means that Crash can finally compete with like uh, like modern Mario games and stuff like that in terms of like how fresh it looks and the potential for future installments. So they're actually now committing to saying, oh yeah, but that's not all. We've been working on a completely brand new sequel, you know, with all of these crazy ideas that we've never been able to do before. You know, there's going to be non-existent loading times because it's PS5 with the new SSD. So they're going to be able to do crazy stuff with how good the levels look and how much stuff is going on. And, and like, like Unlucky and Retro said, with the um, all of the all of the great stuff they do with like the replay value of it, where you can replay the levels like and it's like underwater with all these crazy physics or like with new enemies and like uh, color types where you're jumping from box to box and it's painting the world around you and un- unlocking new areas i thought that looked really really cool and mm. whilst 
I'm in the same boat as James. Like, Crash makes me rage more than Dark Souls, so I'm not going to play it straight away. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to wait till it's cheap. Can I say? Can I? Can I? Can I jump in for that? Yeah. Okay. Sure. I yeah. didn't buy this game. I when I bought the remaster, I didn't buy it, but I bought it for my missus because she loved Crash Bandicoot. So when I bought it, I have never, like you said, I have never seen someone rage so much in my life. <laughs> like my daughter is so bad. I was at work. My daughter, my missus, recorded my daughter, and my daughter was raging. My daughter is five and she was raging <laughs> at Crash Bandicoot. She dropped the control and she walked out the room. My, my, my missus is like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> and I'm like, babe, there's rage. I don't know if you guys know, there's rage videos of the same game on um, on YouTube of the same stage yeah. that we're all stuck on. I don't know if you guys are stuck on a stage where there's a bridge and you have oh, to everyone. over the bridge. Yeah, yeah. everyone. Know, I've, I've not seen anyone complete this yet and it's, it's really bad. This game... Is rage, and I'm sorry to say, I'll probably get it for my kid, but me sitting down, burning my brain cells out, I'm not, I'm not, playing. <laughs> nah, <laughs> I'm not like, I'd, I would rather fight Nameless Kid on Dark Souls with like, yeah, the yeah. worst weapon in the game five times in a row than, than like sit through the hardest levels in Crash. Mm. Like, they are just yeah. like, it's that kind of game where I'm like. Because it's a you know a platformy kind of kids game, you kind of think, oh well, you know, it has this low skill ceiling and, it, and everyone you can get into it, and it's not meant to be that hard, whatever. Then you start playing it, and you're just slowly losing the will to live. And yeah, <laughs> yeah I, like, I, I, I did the same up. thing. Yeah, I figured <laughs> the same thing when I was playing it, and I, and I was sitting, I was like, I defeated bosses on the hardest mode on Jedi on the Jedi game. But I yeah. can't cross a bridge in Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, I, I believe that they specially, uh, specifically worked on that level to make it even harder than the original. I think yeah. they actually changed how the physics work hmm. just on that level alone to make people rage. Yeah, because they knew it was such a hard level in the original. Yeah. Hmm. They purposely worked their ass off to make it even harder in this version I, I, I can't remember what article and where it was from but I do remember reading that yeah they actually took the time like got half of their studio working on this one stage just to make sure that obviously <laughs> there's enough YouTube videos of people just throwing their controllers across the, the, uh, the room and stuff so yeah it's definitely a level that I remember even from you know the original PlayStation days. Well, I mean, I, I haven't even played. Well, I think they're stuff. very smart when it comes to um, with this state of play, bringing back the showing this straight away because this this state of play kind of just really, really wasn't for us. It was showing off like more stuff for the kids, like what for like, the kids mm. can play and um, all mm. the indie games. What was that game called? You know the one where I I I, I couldn't remember because I when I saw it, I heard you know the guy that can it was a little it looks like a little worm. I don't know what it's it's got a moustache, but its body can turn into fruit and it can eat fruit. bug snacks. What bug is that snacks, about? Yeah. That I have no idea. I'm, I'm, I have no idea. I kind of <laughs> skimmed that. I mean, I'm I'm not saying it's a bad game or anything, but it's it's not me so i no, kind of no. didn't really pay much attention to it so sorry if anyone was expecting any kind of uh, opinion on it but no no it's i don't i don't think it's, it's a, creative for any of us is it but um great. like at the end of the day i the one thing i'm you really notice when they do state of play like this and it's mostly smaller indie games or platformers or concepts mm. and like uh, these small downloadable games 
that are very unique is that you realize just how many like talented small developers that like Sony's working with or and, and there's so many unique and original ideas and you don't have to like obviously you get the people in the chat on Twitch who are posting like resident sleeper and, and everything like that but <laughs> like at, at the end of the day right those are the people who like who only show up to complain or they want to see like God of War 2 or every big AAA game and I'm like there is so much more out there than like just FIFA and COD every year, dude. Like, let thank other you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Software Soldier. Thank mm. you for saying that. I, I, like, that, that there, that there has brought my heart. Because like, yeah. that, it's true. There's more than COD. There's more than COD, FIFA, and Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah. There's way more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. So, yeah, I got a comment that you mentioned. Um, I can, I can, I'm gonna, I'm gonna branch this into it now because um, I don't know. Did you play um, The Last of Us Two? yes yes i okay. i played all the way through yeah you guys just unleash and just tell me if you believe that the backlash that these people got from this like from from these people naughty dog do you believe they deserved the criticism that they got so so um so for soldier go on um no not at all uh because at the end of the day it's naughty dog's story to tell their writers came up with it their writers created the characters their writers always had a story they wanted to conclude in their own way and the people who go on the internet and say this isn't what i wanted to happen to x character or y character i'm not going to do spoilers because obviously there's going to be people who listen who haven't like, uh, who haven't played it yet but it's, mm. I, I'm like well these aren't your characters yeah you've grown attached to them uh, but stories have twists and turns and they don't always end up the way you panned out if it like not everybody likes every sequel to every movie but like at the at the end of the day you appreciate the things they did differently and the risks they took I think they took all of the right risks my personal my only personal criticism of The Last of Us 2 was I thought like the last third of the game, um, I think, um, was rushed. It was rushed. It, it, was rushed. It, it wasn't. It wasn't so much that it was like they spent so long building up to this conclusion that I think they could have actually cut out probably about an hour's worth of gameplay, yeah. uh, and it could it could have been a little bit tighter and had would have had a bit more impact at the end. Whereas I felt I had to kind of get over these scripted story hurdles towards the end of the game to get to the payoff um and it kind of soured it a bit for me but i still really enjoyed the game i think they did what naughty dog do best and they improved on all of the the gameplay and the environment art and all of the stuff they're renowned for they took the formula they're good at they ran with it and they improved it uh, to the best level they could using the current gen hardware and yeah i i really enjoyed it i I loved it. I, I thought it was great. Retro. Yeah, um, I am. I'm the same, similar lines as the Silver Soldier. Um, I definitely enjoyed playing the game. I really loved what the story was trying to tell. Um, with this whole backlash, I believe it's a lot of they're not looking at what the story is trying to tell you. Yes, I obviously did read a lot that some people thought it was a bit um, long-winded. There were some bits that kind of weren't necessary, but those points are valid and things that I could understand. Some of the things that were being said about the game itself, 
about certain people, the way they look and the um, how they should be represented in this world. And, you know, they can't do this and they can't do that, I think is, is totally unfair. I mean, um, I said to you a few weeks ago, I've never seen a game on Metacritic get over 45,000 reviews. That's more reviews than the top 10 best ever games put together. Yeah. So I think there was a lot of bias and I think it got hidden. It got, well, sorry, it overpowered a lot of people who had a lot of honest opinions about the game itself. And I think that affected it in its early stages when it obviously was released and stuff. But I personally enjoyed it. I loved the story that they were trying to tell. I think that the story takes a bit more time for you to kind of understand it yourself. Um, like I said, I had, I had another discussion with you about what, you know, I don't want to go into too much detail because like you said, spoilers, but you know, I had my own kind of uh, look on how the story was made and why certain things happened. Yeah. And you know, how there was a huge kind of um, role change as the story went along and it kind of showed you who they were outside of this world that people have built for the last of us the original yeah, yeah. it made so, you have um, yeah it made you have a different on. outlook on i think everyone took i think everyone took the game for what it was because every time me and you and um, ryan spoke we all had different things of what we thought the game would turn out to be and what happened was Ooh. we all took parts of the game that we liked and we took certain characters that we liked and we were like oh we like this person we like that person on and that's why the game became good to us i i in the end i liked abby better than i liked ellie because I yeah liked me too abby's, i liked abby's storyline better than ellie's because to me i believed I, I put myself in a position where if i was abby i would have gone to kill i would have gone well i would have gone yeah. to kill this person i would have gone to do that so it's like in, in a in a realization of it naughty dog they told the story in the perspective of what they all sat down and they said what would you do if this happened and they said i would do this and it, and and they played it out the story was not perfect but it, it was it, it it was in a straight line to the point where abby mm. understood what she did and what she needed to do growing up because she grew up once she did what she did she grew up dramatically she grew up mm-hmm. and w- without no spoilers like you said you can tell when she did what she did and she had the two people she grew up completely because she saw mm. what she did was wrong and she realized these are consequences these things will keep going back around and around and around and she grew so to me the last of us was not the best game but I think it deserves more than it deserves. I think it deserves more. I think that the, the actors did very good. Um, yeah. On my part, performances. Ellie, yeah. yeah, Ellie mm-hmm. was a little bit down in a sense because I don't know what it was with me using Abby and me using Ellie. I, I, it's like I took a step back and then I forgot you never use Ellie really in The Last of Us 1. You use Joel. I yeah. kept, kept mm. forgetting. Ellie was a side character. So you using Ellie now, you find out how weak she is. You find out that she's not powerful. Then when you use Abby, you know, you get that sense of, I'm Joel again. I can I can hit something with one hit or I can grab them with my muscle and I can kill them. Do you know? I don't know how you guys talk mm. about. For me, the game grew on me. 
and Abby Grummy. So I don't understand the hate. I don't understand the Twitter. And people stop bullying people on Twitter. It's, it's, it's yeah. really sad. It's sad. Yeah, it's, it's embarrassing. It's threats and all that stupid shit. I'm like, come Yeah, it's, that's, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. It, it, got, it got too carried away. And the actual good, you know, honest opinions kind of got, you know, bombarded by all these people just complaining about how certain people look and yeah. how they want the story to be told because i mean earlier on you just said that um well both of you you really enjoyed abby as a character mm. and but i guarantee at first when the game you know when you started the game you had a different kind of perspective oh, we on did. who we abby did. was <laughs> yeah i mean i was had- i was surprised but I, I was also really open-minded about it because I was like, this could be interesting. I'm going to see how it plays out. Mm. But obviously, the way it's written, it's like you're really invested in Ellie's story at the start because you yes. know exactly where she's coming from. And then it slowly mm-hmm. drip feeds all of this extra information and then, and then you realize, oh, maybe I'm the bad guy. Maybe like, you're the bad guy. Yeah, that's yeah exactly. Yeah, so like, that, that was perfect. Yeah, It did that really well. I think that kind that's of yeah. That's what I'm saying. The big twist and like the the kind of plot change and role change mm. is what I loved about the game itself. And like as we were talking about it, as we were going through the game, our opinions kept changing and changing and yeah. changing. Yeah. And, and my thoughts on the game itself and what it represented and what it was actually trying to tell yeah. changed a lot. And like I said, I kind of wish that you know they discussed that a lot more. And focused a lot more on, you know, what it actually means with consequences. And but sacrifice. can I be honest with you though? I think what they did was they used. I don't watch. I, I, I don't watch people like Angry Joe and PewDiePie and all these people. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I realized yeah. their opinion mattered mattered more because they have a bigger fan base. Like when PewDiePie, like I don't even see when he he shows a scene. He shows a scene where Joel dies and he got up and he switched off the game. <laughs> oh, he goes, oh, he goes, yeah. oh, he goes, oh, I'm not playing the game anymore. And I and I and then I turned him off and I thought, no, I'm gonna send you a message like don't don't live up to your fans. Don't like it's like you're the entertainer. You're not meant yeah. to live up to what your fans want you to do. I, I I could tell he had already known what was gonna happen, and then he made a video deliberately so he could be on his fans' side, like so like him and his fans had the same idea, like oh, so like he can get more clickbait. And I thought yeah, it's really weird. hundred percent, yeah. Mm. It's rage. Yeah, but, oh yeah, of course it is. But it is a two-sided coin. At the end of the yeah. day, it, with such a huge fan base, you have to live up to your fans' expectations, regardless of if they say, "Oh, I do this for myself," and "I, I be me," and you still have to. And obviously, you have to lean into the kind of character and personality that you do provide for I know, your fans. You record. I know, but sorry, sorry to stop you there. You record what you want to the masses. The masses, it, it sounds really bad. You make the masses um, like what you like. It's not the other way around. Remember, YouTube is yeah. a following. It's not. You don't. You don't record. You don't. You don't take submissions ever. You never take submissions. Yeah. Never ever take submissions because once you start taking submissions, you will never ever play a game that you like, and then it becomes a job, not a hobby. Yeah. Of course. 
you know what I mean? It's about so, your, it's about your, like, if you're a YouTuber or an influencer or something like that, I hate the word influencer, by the way, I think it's dumb. But um, <laughs> I think I think it's like, it makes you sound like some sort of propaganda artist, doesn't it? Influencer. Yeah, sure. Like, you're shoving something into someone's brain. Um, mm-hmm. But like, basically i think like it's about having creative integrity it's about telling people your honest opinion yeah. and and not letting your audience dictate the type of content that you that choose you to make yeah. like by all means you listen to the feedback to help improve what you do but at mm-hmm. the end of the day you have to think about it all criticism is subjective you know it's somebody's opinion mm-hmm. it doesn't make it right it you know it, it it doesn't make rash decisions justified at the end of the day you know what works for your content so just run with it but yeah. that's and you know that like james said it's a double-edged sword there are youtubers and influencers who choose to cash in on like the the like the hate train and and stuff like that and use outrage to farm clicks and i just think that's kind of a cheap cop out yeah. when you could you could actually be doing something transformative and interesting to people that makes people ask new questions or gives people new ideas mm. and like inspires people i'm like you've got the power to do so much more why are you just like cheaply farming I clicks find, off yeah i find that idiots, um, like, yeah i find that um i stopped watching angry joe i found that angry joe was doing that a little bit he was every time like i i i i wrote a message and i said to him are you on your computer just waiting for bad news like if an ea brings out something oh like oh they need like you you need to buy this to buy this he he has already made a um a thing a, a thumbnail for it he's already put ea like as a bad thingy like he's got an angry voice and he's sitting there and i'm thinking to myself Go back to what you used to do and love that. Stop fucking bitching yeah. all the time. Like he's constantly yeah. bitching about EA. Stop playing EA games then. Stop playing yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a choice. Like that's yeah. the thing. And at the end, at the end of the day, if you choose to walk away, if you choose to not in like endorse their business practices by making that purchase, you know, if you choose to not promote their stuff then you're not buying it your audience won't buy it because of that that impacts their sales and that forces them to change the way they do business if you just continually bitch on the internet and are abusive they're not going to listen to you they're going to ignore you right like that, that's what these people need to understand is like you you need to kill them with kindness as they say you know like you just mm. need to ignore it walk away not engage with it and then force them to rethink like i mean by all means there is some bullshit that needs to be called out that happens of in course. the industry but it's few and far between right it, uh, and like i think the perfect example is what went on with ubisoft but that's a whole other kettle of fish that yeah, we're not talking about today what happened uh, with ubisoft come on share it with the masses what happened with ubisoft? well i mean the the whole thing with ubisoft it wasn't to do with the development of their games it was the the work environment um, basically, a bunch of company-wide emails and leaks happened, exposing um, a load of their uh, staff members in various managerial positions and in various positions in development and publishing to be kind of like uh, serial abusers, sexual <laughs> harassers, 
and mm -hmm. they basically they fired half of their executive board and they're replacing mm -hmm. them with people um they've changed a bunch of the studio heads it forced um it forced them to take uh like some real emergency steps like completely change their hr department the head of their global hr of course who hires everyone was forced to leave um a bunch of their like really powerful creative people who make all of the decisions like this is the next assassin's creed game that's going to get greenlit right like the guy who like the guy who like basically like heads up ubisoft worldwide studios who made the decision to make uh you know watchdogs legion and watchdogs 2 and like the the and assassin's creed valhalla and origins and stuff um like he got the boot and everyone thought he was untouchable right but like it was just because there was too much evidence from too many employees that that got out there and yeah i mean it's bad but like those are the things that people need to focus on that are worth talking about that are worth the outrage in the games mm. industry it's not people who didn't tell the story that you wanted to tell them wow 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 like <laughs> i didn't get my perfect game nah. yeah like it's like oh for god's sake like just go and play something else but yeah, like uh, it's it's nice it's nice to watch something like State of Play where it's all of this bright, colourful new stuff. When you're like, you know what? There's a lot of stuff to look forward to, even if it's not up my street. You know, I don't have to worry about all of the outrage and stuff because it's clear that they're doing cool cool new stuff, and there's the stuff for everybody to look forward to. So yeah, like going off the the dark topics that we've been on no 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 yeah 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 that, that is one of the topics i was gonna ask you what do you guys think yeah. about the um the new um the evo guide i was gonna ask you about that question oh so yeah, yeah 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 oh yeah mr wizard yeah, Ratchet, yeah, yeah Ratchet, 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 Ratchet. what do you think about like just it, just generalize it because we we don't live in the gaming industry we live it and what i didn't expect was i didn't expect it to be on such a high level in the gaming industry because yeah. most of these guys when you see them at the arcade they don't have any girls around them so i believe when it happens <laughs> at this high level that's serious like it's yeah i never thought that i would be able this, this guy used to introduce games at evo sitting down in front of your computer and he's yeah, oh, he's the head of Evo. Yeah, he's one of yeah. the, the the founders. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you see? Yeah, was... Cannon Brothers. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So what do you see? As? Um, what do you see as? Yeah. Go on. To be honest, um, it's obviously a bit of a surprise. I mean, I mean, obviously it has it had been going on for quite a while, and it was a very long time in his past. Obviously, I don't know the full story. You just hear, you know, what you hear from articles and uh, Twitter and so forth and so on. Um, it's it's a game changer, especially for the fighting game community. Um, obviously, he's not seen as someone who influences how the fighting community goes, whether or not new games or anything like that at all. But he is kind of the head of what what's big, what's now. Evo represents what's big for fighting games this year. And he's always kind of had that, that position of, you know, right, these games are these games are the big games this year. These eight games are going to make it, or these nine games are going to be the main stage for EVO. And that obviously gets everybody hyped because every year they try to add in new ones, uh, bring back some old ones. And 
For me personally, it wasn't necessarily the whole big issue with Mr. Wizard and obviously the abuse and um, obviously the sexual allegations. It was more this Evo. I was actually really looking forward to. Yeah, they did. I was they forward did. to. I, this Evo was needed because of COVID and what happened with the Black Lives Matter. This Evo was needed. Mm, yeah. It was a settle down for people. See, see the thing was, it was it was the games um as well um killer instinct was gonna make i would love to have seen killer yeah. Instinct again. marvel so, 2 contest of champions oh, they were the yes. invitational with sanford mm-hmm. and all of the the ogs from marvel 2 that was going to be amazing like yeah but yeah i was super and you know too. it was just yeah even Skullgirls. i love Skullgirls. i love yeah. the um you know I, I love the rpg that they made recently in uh, indivisible as yeah. as well and yeah it's i was really looking forward to seeing those games come back on the big stage big stage because they're great games that obviously just get kind of pushed to the wayside because they're indie or because mm-hmm. they're not you know massive triple a games and it would it would have been just nice to have this kind of retro evo you yeah. know bringing back the games that made where we are and, and what people play to to this day and obviously with this whole you know thing all blowing up especially in the the smash community as well there was a few people yeah. there that got pulled out um yeah just kind of turn the fighting game community upside down and kind of put a hold on everything especially yeah. obviously with the coronavirus as well we were kind of coming to not the end but the fighting game community was kind of finding itself yeah they yeah. were having online tournaments they were kind of you know, looking forward to the future, new DLC, new seasons and stuff. Yeah, the, the and developers this, are coming together. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, there was a lot of promise. Having, yeah. And having this, you know, drop right, literally weeks before Evo, kind of just kind of set everything back. Everyone kind of had to start again and, you know, thought to themselves, how are we going to represent each other now mm. that obviously Evo is on hiatus at the moment? Because obviously everyone makes their big, big announcements at Evo. You know, their seasons, their characters, and so forth and so on. And, you know, what came out of it, I definitely am glad to have seen it. It goes to show that, obviously, even though all the fighting, you know, developers are battling against each other, obviously, for dominance, but they can still take the time to sit down and have a discussion with each other. And... You know, have the same opinions on how they feel certain things, you know, play out in the fighting game community. So, what came out of it was amazing. Yeah. But unfortunately, you know, how it had to come to that point. The cost was really was high. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so whether you, or not Evo will yeah. come back, I don't know. So, what do you feel, Sophie Social? What do you feel? Oh, one second before we start. Um, Jambo. Yeah. There. Jambo? Is he muted? I don't know if he's even there. He'll, he'll come off it anyway. Yeah, so what do you feel, Surface Roger? How do you feel about the whole situation with the Evo? Well, with Evo, obviously, with what what Mr. Wiz did, um, yep. I can't, obviously, you know, it's pretty fucking intolerable, if you ask me. Um, and mm. as, the, as the leader, as the, as the face of the single biggest offline fighting game event in the world that has arguably created modern esports events like it's influenced everything like um you know like you have a you have an obligation 
to uh, not only you know um, be a good public face for the company but also be representative of what makes the fighting game community different unique and inclusive and special and mm. it's it's a community that's kind of grown from the grassroots and has prided itself especially in over the last five years in being extremely inclusive welcoming in people from different communities you know being like being much hello? more understanding of hello oh, can you hear us yeah. is this a full game as reunion <laughs> yeah yeah apparently so um apparently. one second uh, we're just talking about the uh the um the um the, the the allegations on the well the allegations the allegations set against the guy from evo so oh dan, mr wizard i heard he touched someone yeah. up yeah yeah so yeah like as as the like as the head of, of evo you know like something that's so important and has arguably created or, or influenced you know um the growth of modern competitive esports and big offline events and stuff like that you know it's been around for so damn long right and as somebody who he himself has kind of had this public face of well you know let's be super inclusive let's help people get into fighting games let's help people get into offline play meeting new friends uh welcoming you know uh little boy being what <laughs> yeah he eventually did that but before this like you know welcoming different communities into fighting games you know like making it a safe space for players who are uh, you know <laughs> lgbt disabled or uh, and having these great ambassadors for the game like to to be there and make that event special you have an obligation as someone of that stature to be a stand-up guy and when you realize that oh he isn't perfect and in fact he's pretty far from perfect he's a fucking sicko then you're just like well the the whole the house of cards just collapses and you're like well can, like can the fighting game community exist without evo and you realize well realistically yes you know it existed before evo evo just commercialized it and make it made it much bigger and gave it a bigger reach but now now developers have their they run their own leagues you know capcom has street fighter league capcom cup uh, Bandai Namco has like the Tekken World Tour uh, and everything. You're like, oh, there's so many of these other events and there's independently run events like Combo Breaker and stuff like that every year. Maybe it's their chance to shine now and show that they can set the example and, and move things forward. And if Evo ever happens again under new management, uh, it's definitely going to be under new management because, of course, Mr. Wiz is gone and the Cannon Brothers, who co-founded it with him, uh, who worked on GGPO Netcode are now making the new fighting game with uh, with Riot, the people who made League of Legends. So they're not at Evo oh, yeah, anymore. Yeah. Uh, so it needs completely new management. Um, and you know whether or not they still get the same venue at the Mandalay Bay and everything in Las Vegas, you know, remains up in the air, especially with COVID that's and true, stuff like true. that. So, um, like at the end of the day, people can't travel with the states with the state that the united states is in in terms of covid at the minute like what do we do in a year's time you know we're just going to have to wait and see is evo going to come back is it going to be online again you know so uh, mm. it's good that what happened like like uh like james said you know like afterwards 
the way that the fighting game community rallied around each other and the developers kind of came together and said like right what do we see eye to eye on what do all fighting game developers need to keep in mind to help keep our content fresh to move forward to bring new fans in whilst keeping the old ones um you know what uh we you know i I, I really love the idea of that kind of fighting developers roundtable, and I think that if they can do that more often, yeah. I think we're onto a really good thing. Like, so yeah. what came out of it was great, but like, like I said, you know, it's sad to see what happened with Evo and, and Wiz kind of like be the driving force that creates something like that. You well, know, what you, you he's kind done, of wish what he's done is, is kind of he's kind of grown a dream and then kind of the dreams have slipped through his fingers because of something he's done in his past now i'm not condoning yeah. what he did in his past was good but people doing what you're doing in your past it will like my missus says all the time what what you hide in the dark always comes out in the light and yeah. any of these people that happen whatever happened to them i feel sorry for them i don't wish this on anybody because if anyone touched my child i'll go fucking nuts so i i, I don't even I can't even I don't even know I don't even know but what I don't understand is why have these guys come out now why did they not go to the police when they were younger or say anything like was it because he was giving them that like, they could pay at the, um, at, the uh, at the pinko machines for free I don't know what he was doing I don't know what he was doing so it's, it's I mean yeah. nobody really knows I mean at the end of the day obviously the the I'm, I'm going to call them whistleblowers but I'm yeah. obviously please don't you know, I, I don't want to sound horrible. I just obviously don't want to call them the abused. So, yeah, um, yeah they they obviously had their reasons. Some probably through fear, some with fear. the kind of yeah, uh, blackmail, yeah, tension sort of stuff. Of well. Blackmail, exactly. Like yeah. you know, it's obviously back then it was a different time. Yeah, a, back then, you know, it's, it's, it's when you got to look at it, it was like 20, 30 years ago. So. It's not like it's something recent where, you know, something like this would be blown up in a matter of seconds. Mm. But, you know, it, it was in the 80s. And 80s, to me, the 80s and like the early 90s was kind of a confusing time for the world. Technology was kind of becoming an in thing. And, you know, the world didn't know what it wanted at that point. It was like that big change from, you know, how we used to live and to how we are, you know, we are living now. It, technology it, it, yeah. Okay, so bringing yeah, you know? so bringing the fighting game community, and I'm glad we brought this up because this was the main topic that I had for you guys was the announcement mm. for the Street Fighter <laughs> characters that were announced. Now, yeah. can, um, James, do you know them off off your head? Do you know them like yes? Go say, go say, they, say, say the four, the five, or, or what they had. Please. There, there are five characters that they are going to release, okay. and four of them have been announced. Okay. Uh, Dan is the first, which will be coming out uh, of winter uh, 2020. Yeah. Then you have Rose, which will be coming out in spring 2021. In summer, you'll be having Oro and Akira from Rival Schools in summer 2021. Yeah. And the last character, which is Autumn apparently, has not been made. Okay, so that is the th this is how. I can say this is how the whole conversation goes because I I I, I, personally, I watched it and I, I, I was looking forward to some I'll be honest I was looking forward to some strong characters I was looking for me me Jay me and you always talk on the train we always say we want Matoka we wanted Dudley yeah we wanted like 
strong character yeah. for Street Fighter Five because I've always seen Street Fighter Five as like a powerhouse game. Like when I see Ryu, I'm thinking, oh, Matoko could take him out, or Dudley could take him out, or even Sean just to lighten up the load for the Shotos. I'll be honest with you, when I saw Dan, I paused the screen and I was like, wow, they don't care about me buying this game ever again because they showed me Dan. And I thought, when they said, oh, um, people are looking forward to seeing him and people are walking, and I thought, whose vote was this? Because <laughs> I am never, who who wanted Dan? Who 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 sat there and go, who sat there in the Capcom office and goes, you know what? We're gonna give them Dan because this is what everybody wants, and you can see they're so. It sounds really bad to me. I feel that they're detached from what is really going on. In fact, like, don't they look at what's going on in other fighting games and and be like, ah, oh, Tekken just did this, man. Mortal Kombat just did this. We'll give them Dan, <laughs> and then it will be up to scratch. So Jumbo, you can go first on this, and just because you haven't spoken. So, how do you feel if he's even there again? Yeah. Jambo, are you there? No, he's not. Okay, retro, sound us off. Go on, Bella. Um, I, like I said to you before uh, yesterday, I'm, I'm not a, a huge fan of Dan. I, you know, like you said, I definitely feel as if there was a lot of characters that I feel should have been in it instead of Dan. But to me, Dan is Dan. Dan is that humorous, you know, not taking himself seriously kind of character and to be honest i i know it sounds silly but i just think that's what street fighter needs you think they need funny street right? fighter just you think they need funny yeah i do because i, I definitely agree i think they need funny because uh-huh. of the way they yes, can, hear you. can you hear us yeah, I can hear. I've been listening the whole time, Uman and Ari. Yeah, I feel like a complete uh, idiot. No, because I, 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 I just explained. I just explained that they, they put Dan. And yeah, Jesse I heard that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Did give you, yeah. I did give you the option yeah. to talk, but then as soon as you went to talk, it just cut out. <laughs> so go on, so j- Jumbo. That's, that's it's called censorship. Out, yeah, Jumbo. Before it cuts out, yeah. have your say about what happened yeah. with the law. Yeah. So uh, basically, I'm, I'm not huge into the fine game community, but I think I, I know enough. And uh, when I and I didn't know the character was Dan that they released. When I, when I hear that, I'm thinking, wow, that's kind of whack because obviously um, he's not an integral part of the game. He's not one a character that is, is, is a draw. He should have been in the game anyways, regardless, but he could have been in or out of the game. It wouldn't have mattered. It's done. It's a joke, right? That's not a character you're going to wait five, se- five seasons down the line and be excited to buy the game, is it? It's honestly kind of pathetic. When, when I look yeah. at a character like uh, Leroy Smith and Fakumran, that's from the Tekken side of things. I don't know about anything else. Um, yeah, like amazing characters. So when I see Unlucky Retro in the chat saying oh, other fighting games ain't doing shit, we got Ronda Rousey and freaking Mortal Kombat. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean there's no marketing? <laughs> what are you talking about? I think now. I think he was more talking about the, the brand wait, 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 wait. I, I, I like to elaborate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, one at a time. Now, one time. Yeah. It's the illusion. Go on. No, I was just saying to you guys no, one no. at a time. That's what I was saying. One yeah. at a time. Go on. <laughs> Go on, yeah. Um, It's that especially. Like, for example, using Ronda Rousey as uh, a way to show marketing. It doesn't matter. It's not necessarily who you use. It's not necessarily what you do. 
at the end of the day, I, I've said it before, Mortal Kombat, Injustice, The Neverrealm, they're amazing companies who innovate and make amazing stories. They make great games. But where do they stand? They don't stand on top. They've got Ronda Rousey. They've got all these big people doing their voice acting. They've got this and that. The DLC came out about two months ago. Who's talking about it? Yeah. I would Who's say playing about it? Street Fighter. Huh? I would say the same about Street Fighter. Who's talking about yeah, Street but, Fighter? Well, apparently they're on their fifth season now. Yeah. They've, uh, it's been five years and they're going on to six. So, I mean, like I said, I understand where you're coming from, but you're just not looking at the bigger picture. It's just a marketing giant. It doesn't matter if Street I don't believe good, that. I honestly don't believe that. I think that's, well, that's, that's absolutely nonsense. That's why Street Fighter has been around for 35 years. Yeah, but and just it, because something's been anymore. around for years doesn't mean it's the top dog. Like we, like we were saying before, no, uh, I, let's, I, let's look at let's look at Xbox Xbox uh, One when it when it launched. Yes, they first started talking yes. about um, home entertainment and uh, mm-hmm. some of uh, and and that camera thing. Connect. Where's that now? They had they fucked up their launch and that ultimately uh, gimped the whole console and then no one, it undersold. This is the exact same yeah. thing. I don't know about underselling, but this is the same thing that happened with Street Fighter. The hardcore fans were there at the beginning. You couldn't buy all your characters. It had shitty, a shitty physics and graphics engine. And um, what was the other thing? But anyways, yeah, there, no, was, there was another thing that, that made the game just like, whoa, what the hell was Capcom uh, doing with the it, game? It was, the, it was net code mostly. That's yeah, good. yeah, no story yeah, mode. Yeah, net code. It had shitty online, yeah. No story mode yet. No story okay. mode and Yeah, no code. story Yeah, there were so many things missing from that game that should have been in a game of that high esteem from the beginning but they cut it out for what reason? They cut it out, obviously, for the, the the push on the esports, and I definitely don't agree with that. I said, that. but you are you're focusing on Street Fighter Five. Yeah, Street Fighter Five is not the only game that no, is it's still not played today. On in Street Fighter, they are all the other Street Fighters previously. Street Fighter... That's Street great. Fighter, that's amazing. Street Fighter Alpha. That's, Street Fighter Third Strike. It's not, the, it's that's, not that's the game that I'm, everyone goes to to say this is no, a fight game. Not anymore. That's not the case anymore. That's, it does. That killed itself. They are the greats. They are the greats. You look anyone up and they will, they will be in the greats. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not necessarily you're focusing just on Street Fighter. Street Fighter 5 is Street Fighter. It's not. What I'm saying is, yeah, I'm, I'm, I believe the world is moving on from this street fire. I think that's old guard now. Maybe, maybe, but whether or not it's going to go anywhere, and whether or not street fire is going to change its position, definitely I not. Doubt it. Definitely not. I doubt it. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. I, I agree with your opinion. I definitely understand where you're coming from. Street Fighter need to fix up when it comes to certain things, and it's took them a long time to. And they've they realised it now. Yeah. I, you see, promise, guys. Promise, guys. I don't kind of think they have because when they when they showed me Dan, that's why I messaged you guys in the chat straight away and said like, "What the hell are they doing? Like, don't they want to draw? Like, okay, you don't. Do you remember the first time you saw the Injustice trailer? You were like, "Wow, that that was amazing." Then you Street Fighter couldn't do that. Yeah, one second. Then you watched um, Mortal Kombat, and then they introduced a second part of the story, and I was like. This is like, I don't understand that. So what's Street Fighter doing? And then when I watched this new Capcom, and I was like, mm-hmm. you're introducing Dan. You're not giving me a storyline that's past and Bison. Because they could have done, 
passed in by and introduced, introducing Gil into a third strike and all that stuff. And I thought, what have they been doing? Like, I don't understand. So are they only giving us parts for esports or are they giving us a game to actually play? Daniel, what do you think? All right. So from the top, um, basically, with, with what I think, I, I think, yeah, whilst obviously, you know, Jump, like Jumpbuster has a really good point about the state that Street Fighter V launched in. That is not the game that has been around for the past three years that they've continually developed that has changed massively uh, into what it is now. Um, there is there is no doubt that they built this with a competitive scene in mind. That's why they chose to take a few risks on the game, some of which paid off, some of which didn't. But at the end of the day, when I think of the summer update, I look at the positive sides of it. First of all, in terms of Dan and his existence in the Street Fighter lore, the developers really like him for one reason. And what, uh, in terms of how Capcom uh, engages with its fans, right? Uh, like character popularity polls, they actually do them quite a lot. If you go to like the Shadowloo CRI, which is their uh, website, which tracks uh, basically tracks all of your online stats, your online profile, like your fighter profile and everything, uh, where you can, you know, view and make friends and stuff on there. Um, they, they do monthly character popularity polls on there. And so Dan was actually in the top five. Um, Dan yeah. was in the top five? Who's yeah. top five? Who's top five? Like uh, the, 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 the complete, it's it's a complete, uh, it's a poll of like the on all of the online players. Um, like yeah, I think you do know, yeah, but you do understand yeah, that Dan is not Dan was not in Street Fighter Five. So how are they still ranking someone that's not in the game? Daddy. Uh, like I mean, my argument against it is like the way he's kind of the way he's tied to the law is that like Dan was originally created as a joke character because. It, in the 90s when after the success of Street Fighter 2 um, SNK started making loads of clones yeah, of Street yeah, Fighter yeah. Right? they did Art of Fighting this was before they started doing King of Fighters and stuff they did Art of Fighting and the first they did shitloads of Art of Fighting games and then they started making the, the Fatal Fury games right and there, were there was a couple of characters in that that were kind of rip offs of Ryu yeah, and everything so so dan was created as like a clone using a very similar model to like two different uh, snk characters as like a little jab they're like hey you know we see you you know like nicking our ideas let's let's make fun of of your character so they made him like this joke character and you know like when when they all talk between themselves this is what i love when i see a round table like that it's like they're clearly all friends with each other and they acknowledge their shared history and everything and they're not offended by any of that and dan has kind of like created this own little law thing in, in and of himself yeah you know like i would have okay okay Fale, dan, Fale dan. Or would, you, would you say that one of the top selling features of street fighter is the law um, no, it's it's not. It's never has. But why do I care about? Never... I don't care about Dan's law. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Irrelevant. No, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that you have to. I'm just saying that, like, I mean, th this is the origin of the character and why they. But what, why but what does that mean? What does, to put him if, in there. if that's if that's not a main focus of the game, what does Dan's backstory have to do with anything? Like, Dan's backstory is not that. that Dan's yeah, backstory that's... is entirely different. So as yeah. as a person who's buying the game. 
What's Dan? He was in the last game. He looks exactly as he does in the, in the previous game. What what has Dan added yeah. to this game? If Dan you want adds, to talk about the law, Dan, what has Dan added to this game? Dan adds a, a a comedy factor in a different play style that is completely unique to any other character. That's what he adds. Like, he's not a Shoto clone. Uh, he's not a Shoto clone. No, he has his own different no. things. Like okay, like, <clears throat> yeah. Like he is, he is designed to be a piss take of a Shoto with lots of different mm-hmm. silly things well, is, that is are his own gimmicks. A way of sneaking another Shoto character. How many Ryu's you got? No. True. Uh, I mean, like, like, yeah, but that's like, you could say you could say the same thing with Tekken about the Mishimas. There's a lot yeah. of Mishimas in there. Like at the end of the day, all fighting games do this. They have character archetypes. Uh, the difference is like how you choose to visually represent them and design them and the way that the people who play the game relate to them and choose, that's going to be my character, that's the one I enjoy, that's the one that best represents I would say that he I is like a character, he is, a, he is definitely a character. Yeah, it's, a, it's about yeah. his personality, it, that's what sells down. Like, he's the kind of character that people like, the anyone who plays online or anyone who does, after they've had a really big session of playing the game, they will just want to go online and play as that. So, okay, so here's what, I, here's what I'm saying. I is guess this is what Dan adds to the game. He's is a very a interesting character. Is that not a waste? Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. yeah. No, because it's obviously it's a waste in the sense that, you know, people aren't going to play as him for the, you know, the S tier value, the, the tier list value. You're not going to win tournaments with him, no. <laughs> he's there for a joke. He's there for people to. Have a laugh. Well, how much yeah. is it? Like an eight quid joke, though. So the thing is, you buy them. In, you buy them in a pass. You buy the whole thing in a pass, similar to how you'd, yeah. you'd buy. You'd buy any other season of, of content. So, like your, it, it's it, and you know, like joke characters have existed in every fighting game from the beginning of time. I mean, there's a fucking miniature dinosaur in Tekken Three. Like, yeah, but you didn't have like, to buy him though. <laughs> no, but you never had to buy anything back in the PS1 days, did you? Like, there were no well, you have to buy Dan, though, don't no you? Don't you think it's weird buying yeah. it for a character? Well, no, but, but I mean, it's, it's choice. Mean, it's down to personal choice. Because it's like Neek. Yeah. Because Neek can fit into Tekken. Yeah. Is Neek can put in the game for a serious I'll reason? Play, I are you cut off? <laughs> And Noctis. Wait, yeah. hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, it's Noctis. Let's just get this. Wait, wait. Let's just get this. Let's just get this perfectly serious here. And this is why I. This is why I think Capcom are really messing up. Capcom. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Are just giving you what they want to give you. Um, other other fighting games right now are taking themselves very seriously, and I feel Capcom doesn't hmm. need to do that because they know they have a niche audience, and they could just throw anything at you, and people just buy it. It's 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 just it's just money to them. It's, it, it's a shame that the same people that are not making Monster Hunter are making the same decisions for Street Fighter because Street Fighter would be a completely different game. It will be more, it will be taken more seriously and their story mode will just be unbelievable. It's a, it's a shame that it's taking other fighting games to show Street Fighter, hey, you guys are, are fucking up right now because you're giving us characters like this girl, um, what's her name? Akira, that's yeah. come out yeah. of rival schools. Don't get me wrong, I know who she is, but the Street Fighter need her right now that there's so many core characters that can be in this street fight and that you can bring back you bring back one from rival schools i think it's a good take because i like um other fighting games bringing other fighting characters from other fighting games but akira there's so many you guys can there's so many characters from third strike that could have made it into this game or any other street fight game 
Akira is not needed right now. A, a strong core balance and a good story. A good story for Street Fighter needs to happen. And yeah. Street Fighter Six is basically like, like I said to you guys the other day. When you guys now, when they now show me Street Fighter Six, they're gonna show me the same characters again. They're gonna show me Ryu. They're gonna show me Ken. They're gonna show me Chung. Yeah. And then, and then I'm meant to be sold on that. No, you did that for Street Fighter Five already. You did that already. What, like, what, like, what new can they sell me on if their promotion is, oh, we're going to give you Dan, Oro, Akura, Akura, and Rose? It's like, yeah, I don't understand what they're doing. I, I don't it's, get it. <clears throat> for my take on that, it, it's more, yes, I understand that, obviously, there are more kind of marketable characters that they could use. And I agree, I definitely would want to other people in certain conditions but it's more along the lines of even if they did bring back Dudley if Dudley's not good enough no one will play Dudley yeah that's true no one will play here's the thing you brought up um, Negan and Noctis earlier on yeah Um, Yeah. I would say that those two characters are more markable characters than any of the Street Fighter characters they are more massive but, but they're not in the game but technically they're a joke character they're no, a guest they character. They are viable. Like compared to, okay, compared to Geese and Akuma, two characters that fit into the world of Tekken. You're telling me Noctus stands on par with Geese? Yeah, probably. Noctus yeah. is pretty just fucking overpowered. And, uh, I yeah. meant in, and, uh, I meant not talking in, in terms in of the, tier list. I mean, yeah, I'm talking about <laughs> in the world-wise. You could imagine Noctus. A man who can summon dragons and monsters and all that kind of stuff. You know, <clears throat> battle like, you know, bring titans that turn planets upside down into Tekken. I mean, there's what already the devils shooting lasers out of their heads, so it's not really that much of a stretch. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> no, no, no. We're, we're talking about a far bigger stretch. It's an anime game. Do you, yeah. you realise that? You could have anything. It's funny because I was saying the same thing about Negan. Oh, this is just a man with a bat. And he talks to it. Yes. I mean, but when you put it into that's context of what the, act, the game actually is, that's minor. That's yeah. nothing. Yeah, this, this is <laughs> exactly <laughs> why. You fired a volcano. <laughs> All right. Of course. So just just to very quickly say something. This is it. when we're yeah. talking about like these kind of ridiculous anime character designs that exist specifically in Japanese <laughs> fighting games like that. Right. This is yeah. why I always say, right, Never Realm and their story mode that they do on Mortal Kombat and Injustice, Ooh. they are the exception to the rule because they have always focused, first and foremost, before being a competitive game about creating this whole universe with a big story around it, and then they build the multiplayer and the fighting on yeah. top of it, right? They always focused on telling this story and creating the universe, right? Uh, whereas when Street Fighter and Tekken and King of Fighters and everything were created, it was about um, a 1v1 game in the arcade, going in, putting your 100 yen or your like 50p coin in and beating up your mates in a 1v1. There was no story mode back then. That was never the focus. Like they almost like the lore was kind of made up by the developers like as something to put in the, the handbook, like when when you bought the game and you opened the book and you read about the characters, like there was a paragraph on each of them. There was never a story mode back in those games. Right? And it's never been the focus of what they developed on. They realized that the core strength of 
Tekken, of Street Fighter, of the anime fighting games and stuff like that has never been the story or the lore. It's always been about uh, how the characters have represented their identity, what they play like, how it makes the player feel. And that's a completely different thing. And that's why there's never like there's never a focus on this big fleshed out story mode for those for those games. It's always just about the gameplay and just about the verses and just about the online and stuff like that. And the story is kind of an afterthought. And yeah, you know, it does it does show. Um, it, it showed considerably in Street Fighter Five because when they announced they were adding the big cinematic story mode with arcade edition which they did do um people were like people were expecting straight out the gate for it to be yeah. on the same level as like Neverrealm, who have done countless mortal combats and injustices and spent over 20 years hiring writers and making like these really in-depth stories <laughs> Capcom. Yeah, but that's where that's, Capcom that's where, ever done that before. <laughs> yeah, but no, but I know, but Dan, but this is the problem, though. This is where the nostalgia comes in. So basically, yeah. what happens is you tell me that Street Fighter is the is the king of the mountain. I'm expecting king of the mountain shit when I buy the game. You don't you don't allow another company to come in and swoop underneath you and basically say, oh yeah, we're gonna make a storyline, but we're not gonna care about the fighting. So basically, that's what they did. And then and then after they did the fighting, then they did the game um, uh, mechanics, and then they did everything else. Street Fighter, they already had seen the Mortal Kombat storyline. They should have scrapped everything they had and gone we need to make this storyline better and they didn't do it the same thing happened with uh sorry to bring this in um rainbow six remember rainbow six siege when it first came out everyone was yeah, angry yeah. That there was no story mode and then what they did was yeah the game developed over time because what they did was even you um i'm lucky richard even you said this when that girl came out remember there was a russian girl and she had the hammer and she had a whole backstory yeah. written down and you could read her backstory yeah. that's what what people liking the characters in rainbow six siege they had a backstory they were from germany they had special tactics that they that they use in their side of the world street fighter didn't give us that and street fighter has one of the best laws in the world they could have used that to promote this game better and it's sad that what they tried to do was they tried to use the fighting game community and basically said don't worry about the casual fan the people that really buy the game we're just going to focus on you guys and uh, to me i believe that's what set the game down they've allowed tekken and uh what's it called and mortal kombat to just go over them i know you guys feel that street fighters on the top of the platform but when i talk when i when i'll be honest when i'm sitting down with casual people they don't talk to you about street fighters mm -hmm. they don't talk about it no they don't talk about it though, but it's, it's all about it's all about no, mortal no, no. kombat and tekken now because people are like, oh did you see noctis in tekken i'm like of course i did it's, it's really weird yeah. that that's not functioning over to Capcom there, yeah there's absolutely no yeah. denying that um, in terms of commercial appeal to modern audiences right um, that the way that the, the, the decisions that Bandai Namco made for stuff like Tekken in terms of guest characters that are from pop culture and stuff like that that people know and they're like oh wow you know like that's in a fighting game that's crazy right they knew how to get new people in with with characters like Noctis and Negan and, and crazy stuff that people would never think would work right and Bandai Namco are really good at this because they do it in Soul Calibur as well they've done it in Soul Calibur for the past yeah. 20 years with guest characters like Yoda and Darth Vader and yeah 
the, 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 difference, the difference there is that, like, I mean, I don't, like, I don't view Street Fighter as the king of the mountain, even though I absolutely love Street Fighter and it is the fighting game that yeah. I play the most. The way I look at, instead of, like, looking at a mountain with, like, a peak that only one person can stand on the top of, right? When I think of mm -hmm. fighting games and, like, the big franchises that are out there, I see, like, Mount Rushmore, you know, the mountain with all the presidents on it and everything. Yeah. And I see that they are standing side by side. And up there are several of them, right? Up there are mm. the Capcom fighting games, right? Capcom have their own little face on the mountain. And then mm. there's SNK, and Namco with Tekken and everything and and then there's like Neverrealm like Mortal Kombat and they are like the, the only the, the only American ones that are like on there and everything and they are they are side by side and they are very good at what each of them do in their Dan, own Dan, this is way. all very diplomatic yeah, I'm I'm just saying that there's there's <laughs> like there's a, re there's a reason to be constructively critical about stuff, but there's also we have to appreciate that there that people play different fighting games for different reasons. There's a reason why somebody play chooses to play Tekken instead, and that's always gonna that's always gonna be the way, you know. And Street Fighter is, like you said, it's one of the old guard. It's it's the the very first competitive fighting game like that was really made and because of that of course it's gonna always have that appeal with like the ogs but it's also the one that's going to struggle the most to get new people uh so it has to continually change like a lot more arguably and uh, and that that is that is a problem that capcom have struggled with for decades now and like other developers take risks and they don't pay off as well. Other developers take risks and they do pay off. I mean, like, I remember when Tekken 7 launched and so many people were annoyed about like um, the guard crush with like Rage Drive and stuff like that. Yeah, and that the, way, the, the way the Rage mechanic works, they were like, oh, this is, this is a cop-out, this isn't classic Tekken. And I'm, finally, they're doing something different with Tekken because like core gameplay for Tekken as great as it was hadn't really changed until they started adding in stuff like guard crush and wall bounce and stuff like that <laughs> like they hadn't changed the core gameplay for Tekken it was like start a string and then juggle them juggle them juggle them juggle them until they're dead they hadn't they hadn't added like new mechanic for ages and until uh, Tekken 7 I was like this is great. All of the stuff that the OGs love is there, but there's all of this new stuff as well to give you new potential as a player, right? And to give new players something to be excited about. So I'm like, as far as I'm concerned when it comes to fighting games, as long as people continue to take and create and, and make something genuinely new, then that's why I'm good that all of these developers are sitting side by side talking to each other. And they're not talking about, oh, you know, like, um, you've got all of this crazy history, stuff and stuff, yada, yada, we're the best. They're, they're acknowledging that they have a shared history and a, a love of, of doing what they do. And they're unique in their own way. And uh, as a community, fighting games are so small compared to other 
big multiplayer games and big story games that there's this obligation for them to band together to think right what can we do to change umbra that's been 30 years right how can we make these little changes with what we do coming forward to make fans interested in all of our games right and that's what i think is really cool you never see EA, Activision, and Ubisoft sitting down next to each other, sharing ideas, saying, "You know, what what can we do to make all of our fans like us? Let's share our ideas." You know, they're sitting off, you know, millions of miles away from each other, not sharing anything, like with like loads of NDA and legal clauses. Whereas these Japanese developers who've made all of these fighting games, some of them, some of them are sitting together and saying, "Our games it's are a different unique. culture, I guess." Exactly. Our games are unique. Hmm. Our games are special. Our games have got history. We've made mistakes. We've had huge successes. We've taken risks and we've been conservative. Like, but ultimately, we because we're so different than everybody else, and because we're so niche, only by working together and listening to our fans, and also by following our hearts. And、uh, I think that that's really cool, and that's something that. No other developers can do. So like, I, I'm trying to stay positive about it because, yeah, you know, we can complain about Dan not being the top of the character popularity poll, even though he was in the top five, like I said. But you know, there's people who there's people who wanted Rose. There's people who wanted character from、um, like Akira from、uh, Rival School. You know, there's people who wanted. All of that. They are never going to please everybody. Just like you're never going to please hard. Yeah, I'll, I'll just say this year. There's definitely a time where obviously Street Fighter was the the only game to exist. But I feel like now, especially in the past,、uh, let's say, ten years, that's a, that's been shifted. There's so many other as good as, if not better, fighting games than, than Street Fighter. And I feel like this is a really good time to get into fighting games. Uh, there, there's just so much, variety, so much different ones, and they're all quality. Even a little indie game. Ones, yeah. Yeah, look at yeah. Take yeah. Power Rangers for instance. Power Rangers is when I see Max play. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good、Power、little game. game. Really good. It is. <laughs> it's definitely, and I think that's definitely what is the most important of it all. Obviously, each in their own. Everybody's looking forward to something different. Obviously, like I said, it's I've when it comes to Street Fighter Five, they've made a lot of mistakes, and it's definitely not my favorite. It's definitely out of, the, out of the Street Fighter. It's definitely not my favorite, and it's not something I'm looking forward to.、Yeah. Yes, okay, I, more characters are coming next year. Okay, fair enough, they're coming. I'm not hyped for it. I I haven't played it in quite a while. I might get back into it. I might play it for a little while, but it's not something that you know put takes prevalence over everything else. Yeah, I've said before, Guilty Gear is what I'm looking for.、Mm. Looking forward to.、It. I've always loved Guilty Gear. I've it's always been my kind of niche. Uh, fighting game that I've always loved. I've got all the versions on PlayStation. I've even got the old ones on PlayStation One.、Mm. I love them, and it's、um, it's different to how, like you said, Jambos. It's it's a great opportunity for newer games now, especially the way it's designed, its artwork, its its animation, its music. It's totally different compared to a lot of other fighting games. Yeah, having that more heavy metal kind of. Um, theme more kind of steampunk and gothic type、uh, yeah. imagery. It's what I think is amazing right now, and it's the game I'm looking forward to. Season five, yes, big deal. But you know, it's definitely the game that I am looking forward to, and I, I assume that everybody is the same. They've got their own certain specific fighting games, if not any, 
Yeah. That they're, you know, like, they're looking forward to. King, King, of, King of Fighters 15, for me, is, is going to be the next big thing. <laughs> because I, I know because I know that I'm going to be waiting like at least another three years for like the next Capcom fighting game. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll continue to play Street Fighter Five because like I kind of, of like officially came out of my shell and joined the FGC and everything and started going to locals and started competing mm. and had a lot of fun and met new people and really found a whole new level to the game that I wasn't at before and a new appreciation. For the people who are behind it so like that's the reason for my investment just as much as playing the actual game right and being a casual fan but i'm that doesn't mean to say that i'm not looking forward to other stuff i watch the tekken world tour and stuff religiously when it's on i watch like you know i watch the dragon ball fighters world tour and stuff like that and there are so many hype moments and it's so cool to see like all of the amazing comebacks and like crazy like money matches and all of the weird stuff that goes on like and it's you know it, it's that kind of thing about the fgc that makes it unique and so fun to be a part of even if you're just a casual fan watching the stream you know it's yeah. it's so different so like i'm ultimately like like i said I'm, I'm looking forward to to seeing what everybody does in the future and you know i'm gonna play street fighter 5 season 5 i'm gonna try all the new characters you know i'm gonna learn them all and i'm gonna have fun you know because this is the final season of the game it's probably gonna have it's gonna have a couple more years of like the the pro tour the competitive season and then they're going to announce Street Fighter 6 probably in 2022. And, yeah, and, and there'll be no more Capcom Pro Tour until that launches then. Because that's the same thing that happened with Ultra Street Fighter 4, is they had that they had the last uh, Capcom Pro Tour for that in 2015. And then they announced Street Fighter 5 in 2016. So, okay, well, guys, what I'm going to do is I have to round it up now. It's been an hour and a half. Yeah. I yeah. thank all of you. So, um, Jamboss, to sign yourself off. Uh, I just want to say uh, I'm glad to be a part of the uh, a thousand members club. Good. You know, getting all them yeah. ratings up high, isn't it? A thousand uh, listeners, a thousand listeners, not members, mate. If I had a thousand, <laughs> members, I you, a thousand likes. Guys, I really do you know what? Yeah. I mean, I'm at London Bridge Station. Yeah, I just I just finished work and I'm currently standing in a service station and it's empty and they probably oh, think I'm like, smoking yeah. drugs. Uh, downstairs, <laughs> I, they must be thinking, Why isn't this guy gone home? But, um, yeah, uh, it's been fun. Uh, I guess I'll see you guys soon on the next podcast. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Um, yeah, I'm hoping my opinions have uh, made a lot of people think. And, uh, yeah, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be on your podcast once again. Yeah. You know, I'll always be there for the opportunity and the chance. Thank you very much. So, thank yeah. You, thank, you. thank you very much. Okay. Go on, um, um, Sofa Soldier. Yeah. Uh, once again, t- like, Teddy, it's it's great to be back chatting with you guys. It's nostalgic. It's a lot of fun. We can have, you know, we can have, we can have our differences, but we always see eye to eye on the core stuff, and it's always a good bit of banter backwards and forwards. Thanks for having me on here. Uh, it's good to be a part of it. I hope to be a part of it more in the future. Um, uh, am I allowed to do a little bit of self promotion? It's nothing special. Of course you can. That's why I said sign yourself off. Okay. Yourself off. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if anybody wants to listen to me uh, bitch about fighting games, video games in general. <laughs> 
or like play into ISPs, you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Daniel San, like uh, the Karate Kid. Similar. Like, so, yeah. Uh, like, so yeah, fo- like follow me on Twitter if you actually want to listen to like old man complaining. Um, I, d- I will be streaming again um, on Twitch.tv forward slash Prevented Powers, probably towards the end of the year once I move. Um, I'll be uh, I'll also be trying to uh, record um, a lot of my uh, online replays and stuff from tournaments when that gets back to normal and everything um so i'm going to be like sharing that around like you know discord and stuff like that, and sharing that with with friends and uh, people who are interested so uh so yeah like that's uh, that's kind of what i've got going on but thanks thanks for having me man like, that's awesome. welcome um thank you guys um so close to a thousand listeners so hopefully um people you like subscribe you can find me on all platforms apple Podcasts, spotify podbean anchor find me anywhere just look up Tony Hogle podcast you can just type in my name on on the google search engine and i'm there um thank you guys again this will be called four gamers versus the world podcast two um i hope to get you guys on in the future if any games come up in the future i will guys let you know we'll have a discussion in the whatsapp chat and if you guys want to talk about it just let me know and we can and i'm i'll have the platform for you guys to do it yeah thank you very much yeah. guys. thank you again thank you, thank you very much that's fine that's up bye-bye